0: This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Forbidden Door recap, your money in the bank prediction. Sting, what the hell are you thinking? And Carmelo Hayes has a good week. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast.
1: Uh, I wouldn't go too crazy about tooting the Carmelo Hayes horn. He did take the L on Raw. Like I eight minutes
0: Ditch that nine to five It's time to feel alive Hello Marks And welcome to the Band from Ringside Podcast As always I am your host Bill Veggie, A.K.A. American Bam Bam Gigolo <laughs> And sitting directly Across from me We have Jason Cornelius Bell What's going on JCB
1: Badass that's great <laughs> I did not see that one coming That's good I didn't see it that's coming That's good either. shit That's <laughs> You I don't know where you do it I don't know where you get it from You That's some good shit on that we know now ask congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Man for Side podcast volume Three, One Four, oh, chapter yeah. 3 verse 14 and the good smart saying hashtag boo the heels it's all good baby listen share subscribe repeat the holy trinity of BFR it's the Saint Louis edition of Banff Ringside? yeah, we're gonna go. No, it works that. for me. Yeah, we're gonna go like that. Three one four, obviously the area code of Saint Louis. If you didn't know. On that lovely note, I just want to do a quick shout out to my boy Ben. He's having surgery today. He should be out of surgery at this point. Heal up fast. Get back soon. And up there in Washington State. <sighs>
0: We have three beers, Zach Bowman.
1: I thought
0: you'd do it before the name. Sorry. What's going on, Zach?
2: uh, Maybe 33 beer at this point. I'm literally in a massage chair right now in case my voice starts vibrating.
0: Oh my god, that's so nice And uh, we also have Bo hanging out What's going on, Vice? How's everybody doing tonight? Glad to be here So we got a ton of stuff to get to tonight It is balmy out here in St. Charles, Missouri It is fucking balmy and humid What's it like out there in Washington, Zach? It is hot, it
2: is 96 degrees uh, Dry and sunny uh, But uh, I'm right next to an enormous lake so, Nice So uh, I've got a pool, I got two hot tubs, two saunas, two massage chairs, uh three TVs and one wrestling podcast and a, pot- part- a pair third tree.
0: Looks like... Z-
1: and he ain't a diva. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in his massage chair.
0: Uh, so we got a ton of shit to talk about tonight. Uh, Zach is going to be with us. It's going to be a little bit different format this week. We're going to do predictions. We're not going to say predictions for the end because Zach uh, has to go out on a yacht. He's on a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget. Okay. So Gotta let him now. let's get right to that three counts. Boats, 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 boats. <laughs> boats and hoes. <laughs>
1: JCB, what you got? Let's jump back to Forbidden Door on Sunday night from Toronto. Uh, Just main card, one, two, three, six, nine-match card, highlighted by two major matches coming in. The rematch between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega for the IWGP U.S. Championship and then in the main event, which was a little bit of a surprise coming in, to me at least, but I think I, I got it coming in. But we'll talk about that as we go along. One, Brian Danielson versus Kazucha Okada. Let's jump to the top of the card with MJF versus Tanahashi first. MJF retaining the AEW World Heavyweight Championship over Tanahashi. I said it on PSP a couple of days ago, and I'll say it again here. Just for me personally watching Tanahashi in the last couple of shows, being collision and uh, forbidden door. You can start to really see the decline of the ace happening. He's not looking – he wasn't necessarily hitting the ropes harder than he was, but when he gets to the top, it looks like there is some sort of trepidation happening there, not necessarily stable with his footing. It takes a few extra seconds to perform a move, whether it's hitting the high fly forward, flow or getting landing on the knees or whatever the case may be. It's hard to watch someone that has been so great on the decline. Tubir has said it on multiple occasions. I've kind of poo pooed it off because it felt like when Tanahashi had to give that effort, had to deliver John Moxley last year, everybody knew Moxley was going to win, but Chicago turned on Moxley, which I never thought would happen in the AEW title run at that point. Got behind Tanahashi, even though he lost, he looked good in the match. I can't say he looked good in this match here. He was average, maybe to above average at best. It didn't feel like a great curtain jerker to open it up. Even though you did have two of both companies, top guys in the curtain jerker, For me, it felt a little flat. I can't speak for anybody else. Sorry, Zach, what you think?
2: You're right about uh, Tanahashi, because I've given him the benefit of the doubt. uh, For the last few months, because he kind of had some on again, off again, and I feel like he's almost kind of going to be permanently off again, unless he gets some rest, and he's going into the G1, so I don't think he's getting some rest, So. You know, he had the Osprey match, which was good, but definitely not what those two are capable of. And it just seems even in the last couple months, he's been aging much more rapidly. His injuries catching up to him. It's, it's mostly the knees. He's just, you know, he can't move. He's slow, and he gets up to the top. He doesn't have that confidence. And uh, it's tough. MJF um, was a perfect opponent for him. I thought this was a very fun curtain jerker because MJF works super safe, and they are, like, pure babyface versus pure heel. So this was still, like, a four-star match for me. But uh, bummer for MJF that he couldn't get the eighth. I'm was just getting, you know, a, a banged-up Tanahashi.
0: You guys are some bummers, man. I thought this was fun. I thought that the most important thing was that Tanahashi had fun. We're all winners participation medals please can we have a participation belt for Tanahashi I just thought uh, I'm not sure that this would have been my curtain jerker but it makes the most sense because um, well you don't want to put in the middle why don't you have the crowd hot you knew the crowd was going to be hot for MJF didn't overstay its welcome I thought it was around a four star match too I'm not going to be giving out uh, star ratings for all of the matches but I had a lot of fun at this match It was perfect for what it was.
1: For the record, I gave it three and a half. Um, Next up, one of my favorite matches of the card, CM Punk versus Kojima in the Owen Hart uh, tournament quarterfinder match. Um, Collision on Saturday night was not nice to CM Punk, and Kevin Kelly had a really good line. We're not in Chicago anymore. That carried over onto Sunday in a major way. CM Punk, God bless him, leaned into whatever the crowd wanted to throw his way, good, bad, or indifferent. Obviously, you had Punk fans in the crowd, and the funny part about that was when they did try a CM Punk chant, they were quickly touched by a round of booze that drowned them out. I thought that was going to be something to look forward to, um as we go along especially as we get out of canada when you come back to the states i think the states will have its own individual process of how they feel about cm punk neither here nor there i thought this match was good uh kojima accidentally elbowing cm punk in the dick was something that i thought i saw at the time and then Later confirmed by uh, Kojima himself on his Twitter handle. So if you you need a good giggle, go to uh, Kojima's, Kojima's Twitter handle. He'll he'll check. The, uh, he'll confirm that for you. But like I said, neither here nor there. I thought Kojima played the role well. Didn't have the the best match I've haven't seen in a while, but he did not fall the victim to Punk quickly like some might have thought. CM Punk goes over. And he advances to the quarterfinals or the semifinals. Toobie, what do you think?
2: Yeah, no surprise about Punk going over. And also no surprise about Kojima having a fantastic match with him. Uh, Kojima is fantastic for his age. Dude's like in his 50s. Got uh, Super fun wrestler. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities anymore to do this kind of one-on-one, big match stuff. And he really shown here. And hopefully, um, I, it's a pretty smart crowd already, but hopefully it gets uh, people interested in some Kojima stuff because you know, up until pretty recently, solid member of the G1, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, punk was was good. Uh, I think a lot of people were negative on the GTS, but like I'd much rather like him hit him in the guts than him concuss a fifty-something-year-old Kojima. So yeah, it was good.
0: Um, couple things here. To call this a smart crowd it might be an understatement. I mean, this better be the smartest fucking crowd in the world. I mean, if you're going to have these diehards, and they brought it, it was a great crowd. Um, there seems to be some revisionist history going on right now because of the state of CM Punk, where um, he's not very liked right now. Uh, that is a that's a shoot, and people don't like. People are not into him, and people want to boo him, and it seems like. A lot of people are trying to go back and say, not that they didn't always like him, but that he was never that great of a wrestler. That he was always uh, really good uh, on on the mic, but he was never all that much of uh, an in ring guy. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 you're if you're finding yourself going back and saying that you're just maybe there's some people out there, you know, friend of the show, fan of the show, Lowell Holiday. I know that he has hated him for twenty years, and he. He's been very consistent in that as long as I've been speaking to him, so I, I'll buy whatever he says. But a lot of these other people that are getting on the internet or getting on, uh, you know, podcasts or whatever, and saying, "Well, you know, CM Punk's never been that great in the ring." That's just not true. He can tell a story. He knows how to play to a crowd. He was perfect in this match. This match was fucking awesome, and um, and I say that as a newly. Uh, CM Punk hater. Like, I'm new to the game to hating CM Punk, but come on. That match was fucking awesome.
1: I'll, I'll double down on that. The The summer of Punk, when he had his 434-day run as WWE champion, I thought was great stuff. Anything with John Cena I thought was great stuff. The, the only thing that I can say that I wish Punk could have had and probably should have had the, if it wasn't for John Cena, he probably should have wrestled main event at WrestleMania. John Cena is basically the one reason – him, Undertaker, because especially at that point, you had Taker with the undefeated streak. That was gaining momentum. Um, Triple H still around at that point. He probably should have main evented a WrestleMania at some point, but I would not sit up here and say that I never thought he was a great wrestler. I can sit back and, honestly say, some of my favorite matches had CM Punk in it when it comes to WWE, like it or not. Yep. Next well, up. I mean, uh, the
2: majority of my, of my time watching wrestling – was not around CM Punk at all. Like, my time watching wrestling missed a lot of his career. Uh, he was awesome in this match character-wise. Like, he really played up the heel shit. So, I mean, good on
1: him. Well, now he's, he's, he's working the crowd. As I said, uh, I'll be interested to see where this goes because I, I forgot about what he brought to the bag to his uh, return back to Chicago at some point we got to talk about that shit next up, uh, for the international title, AEW international title, you have Shibata versus Zack Sabre, Jr. Versus Daniel Garcia versus the defending champion, orange Cassidy. If I'm not mistaken, then we were in a room full of, uh, people shout out to, uh, tender Mahal. Thanks for having us per Appreciate you, my brother. um, if Orange, I think this is the the, the fact that uh, the state where they were going with, if Orange Casty won, he would have tied Jade for the most uh, consecutive successful title defenses. If that's the case, I'm pretty sure that is because I know they were pretty close. So something to think about walking into. I thought this match cooked all four guys. Brought it, and it was like a twelve-minute match, and it went real quick. Everybody was bouncing from shoulder to shoulder, post to post. Daniel Garcia, God bless him, his dancing just—I'm sorry, I love him, but it infuriates me. just in a way that is irrational because I—he plays, and I said it that night at uh, at uh, t- Tinder's house. He plays the sports entertainer role so well, so when he does start dancing, it works the way it's supposed to work with with me where it, it makes me mad. I want him to wrestle versus dancing his ass off. He's getting chopped by Shibata. He's still dancing. I'm like, all right, man, you, you can't just keep dancing. and It just never fails. So I will give Daniel Garcia credit for that. Shibata and ZSJ had their little one-on-one. Shibata and Orange Cassidy had their little one-on-one. So, like, in 12 minutes, we had, like, four or five stories being told at once. Orange Cassidy... I won't say steals the win, but he took advantage of Shibata taking out Daniel Garcia with the PK, pushes Shibata out of the ring, and rolls up Daniel Garcia to retain the AEW international title. Orange Cassidy injuries catching up to him slowly but surely. The question still remains, who's the person to beat Orange Cassidy? Zach, what would you think?
2: I love this match. Total sprint. I can see why some might think that the beginning was like a little too cute because it was pretty choreographed but uh, i did not mind that personally and i thought it was super fun and the entire thing was so fun. like i said total sprint uh, really played up the zsj versus orange cassidy and inserted shibata in there a little bit but really made me want to see zsj versus cassidy uh, for both belts or for one or the other uh, I think that would be a fantastic match. Uh, really looking forward to that. hope it happens.
0: Yeah, I echo everything that you guys say. It was great. I didn't even mind the beginning of it uh, for being too cute because it was more, it was played more for comedy than anything else. It wasn't played, and I don't mind a little comedy in my wrestling, as I am, uh, you know, proud to admit usually. Uh, it's at this time that I'd, I'd like to bring up the standings for the predictions. Because, as you know, I have this notebook that's just keeping track of everything. So, we got it all right here, baby. Coming into this, coming into this particular. Forbidden door. Yes. uh, It was Jason had 21. Bill had 19. Zach had 18. Four forbidden door predictions. Jason pulling up the rear. Nine points.
1: Eh. Okada failed me for the last time. (coughs)
0: 2 mm. <coughs> Zach Pullman comes in second with nine points, and your winner for the Forbidden Door predictions is Bill Veggie, your host with nine points. Huh? Yeah, we all had nine points. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, wait, wait a minute! Oh, I like, a- can
0: <laughs> No, it's a three-way tie.
1: Like, I didn't do as
0: bad as I, I did. Okay, I'm over Winston and shit. <laughs> uh, I was the only one that didn't have Orange Cassidy winning this match. I had Zack Sabre Jr. Both of you guys had Orange Cassidy. Um, we didn't have to go through all the predictions, but we all did well. So uh, the standings pretty much stay the same. Jason at 30, Bill at 28, and two beers at three, Zach at 27. What's next, Jason.
1: Um, next up, you had Jungle Boy versus Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. There was a lot of divisiveness about this match coming in. Should Jungle Boy be in this match? Is Does this make Sonata look bad for even being in this match? Plenty of people felt a lot of different ways about it. Myself, personally, I thought this was going to go two ways a, it helps Sonata just to build his cachet of guys that he's, you know, bodied along the way after beating Okada for the title. And B, probably more importantly for the AEW side of things, I thought this was going to be a, the next step for Jungle Boy to flip heel. Well, little did I know that the latter was going to happen right the fuck away. Sonata wins fairly unimpressively. This was about a 10, 11 minute match. I think it was like the 28th. I think Chris Sampson has said it on Twitter. I think this is the 28th shortest heavyweight title match of all time when it comes to the IWGP heavyweight championship. Take that for what it's worth. From that point, obviously, you had the post match heel turn of Jungle Boy. I love the Taz reaction. It was literally, it felt literally authentic, real you watching your son get clotheslined, and he curses on air, alive, and he was like, oh, shit, and he was getting ready to say, what the, f-? and he was going to say, what the fuck, and he caught himself, which is perfect, because I thought that's a genuine reaction from a father watching his son getting blindsided by who somebody he thought was friends with him. We'll talk about the Jungle Boy promo down I mean, the your son, who's
0: a minor, getting beat up by an adult.
1: <laughs> at that point, yeah, you want to, as a father, you kind of want to jump out of the commentary booth and go out there and handle some business. I like the fact that Taz at least reacted as such. From there, I didn't think the match was anything special. Sonata, in my opinion... Looks just as good as he did coming in. He handled his business quickly. The Jungle Boy turn is what it is, and that's the reason why I think we even had this match to begin with. It had nothing to do with Sonata. It had everything to do with Jungle Boy and the post-match turn.
0: Yeah, that's my biggest problem with it. What do you think of it, Zach?
1: It's
2: a... Uh, Yeah, uh, Taz told it really well. uh, Stormed off to go talk to the president of the PTA and the school board, Tony (laughs) Khan. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you and yeah, shit. uh it, it did kind of remind me of like i think it was like Ruckles kingdom 13 where like all the matches were like 10 minutes right uh where they just had like this loaded lineup and it was like really good match lineup and then you watch the show and it's like five hours long and all the matches were like 10 13 minutes and that's kind of what this was super short um solid match but uh you know, pretty classic uh, old-school finish, like backbreaker moonsault, boom, done. And then it was more about the post-show angle, and the post-match angle, which was um, not anything to do with the IWGP title. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I stand by my criticisms going into this match. I'm willing to admit when I was wrong. I, uh, when I'm wrong, I don't think I was wrong here. I think that it's weird to use the IWGP title to get over a mid card feud in a in another promotion. I understand it's an AEW pay per view and I understand that Sonata, you know, Zach had a really good point last week when he said that Sonata, this is kind of like the story of his title reign thus far, is giving these guys chances that normally wouldn't have chances. That's fine. The fact that the title match for your NJPW champion has nothing to do with the NJPW champion or his or the title. That just seems kind of, dare I say, disrespectful. It just doesn't seem very Tony Connish to me. And I I do not like that face that you're making
1: right now, Jason. Okay. I mean, but it, 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 you don't pay me <laughs> enough to make me, you know, give me the face that I want to give you. I, I just – go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. That's it. That's all I have to say. The match was fine. I'll just say this. I don't – I think as great as the Forbidden Door concept is – this is something, this post-match angle with Jungle Boy and Hook is, goes back to something I've always said about Tony Khan and one of my biggest criticisms about Tony Khan when it comes to New Japan's, his relationship with New Japan, AEW and New Japan's relationship. It's about Tony Khan. It has, rarely, it has little to do, if anything, with New Japan. New Japan is a partner in quotes only. And this kind of reinforces it. If you have a problem with it, then that's that's more so on the fact that Tony Khan has allowed himself to book the way he wants to book and book it in the scenario where, like you said, you have a problem with the ending because it disrespects the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. That's, right. that's on Tony Khan. Tony Khan didn't have to go this route. He chose to go this route. And he's done it multiple times in the past where he's let AEW look a little better in the expense of New Japan.
0: It's it's New Japan's champion. And New Japan, I'm sure they have some kind of say as to who the opponent is for Sonata. We don't have to relitigate this. Um, you know, like I, I, like I read that one week, Joey and I named 18 guys that makes more sense than Jungle Boy that Sonata still could have gone over and it would have been more respectful, in my opinion, you know.
1: And it comes from the guy that's calling the championship a Divas Championship, but you know, now all of a sudden we're going to have to be respectful to the title.
0: I never said anything about it being the Divas Championship. I said I've said I've been on record as I do not give a fuck about how belts look. I have said that forever, like that. You can't put that on me, sir. Do not put that no, on me, sir. I said
2: I said it looked like Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo had a baby with the Divas title.
0: <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh but, but what you want now, you want to play how? what thing's funny. This is disrespectful, this sonata, but making a joke about it is funny. I mean, which side are we going to be on, bro? Uh,
0: Just a heads up, I think I just saw a tick, so make sure you check your balls when you get home. Uh, What was next? <laughs> I, seriously, I seriously think I just flicked the tick That's off of this the computer. the
2: segue in the history of this podcast. <laughs> I'm, Jesus
1: Christ.
0: I mean, serious. I think I just saw a tick. You don't know how to respond to that, do you? I'm looking out.
1: He freaked out a little bit. Never, never mind. <laughs> I, about to say. I look out and I'm like the, the angry motherfucker where I'm like, hey, don't drown, you know, when you go out in the uh the ocean tonight. But you know, neither here nor there. Um next up you had BCC versus the Bucks, Adam Page, um, Ken, Eddie Kingston, and Tomohiro Ishii. Um Interesting segue, well, interesting a couple of points. First and foremost, when you had Kingston and Moxley chopping each other while all kinds of chaos was going around them, guys were flying in and out of the ring, you still had Eddie and John Moxley chopping away at each other like they were the only two people in the world. I like that, and it probably sets up what happens later on in the match where Eddie Kingston pushes John Moxley out of the way of a Young Bucks super kick eats the super kick on his own so now you have immediate problems in the match where now Eddie Kingston is helping John Moxley when he shouldn't be helping John Moxley even though he hates the Bucks and he hates everybody but well, I shouldn't say hates everybody, hates cardio. He gets along with everybody else, kind of. But now, all of a sudden, he's pushing Moxley out of the way to eat the super kick. Nonetheless, the Bucks and, excuse me, Hangman Page, the, the babyfaces win. MVP of this match was the hands down. I was kind of warming up to him as we've gotten along, Has he's been in AEW. I've seen a couple of matches, him in DDT. This is the best I've seen him look in AEW period. He has a physical presence. When he smoked Tomyura Ishii with that forearm, one shot and Ishii went down. I jumped up, was like, what the fuck just happened? Because you don't see Tomyura Ishii just get smoked by one forearm and go down. More times than not, he has you in the corner and you're just, you know, you're punching, trying to punch your way out, and you can't punch your way out of it. This was the one time where I saw him drop like a bad habit. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So, is that real deal. So Takeshita to me was the hands out, hands down MVP of this match. I was I thought this was a really good match. I wish it could have went a little longer, but you obviously we had things to come behind it. Um, I can't say anything more about the catch. Actually, I'll say one more thing. The fact that the whole room erupted when Willa Yuta ate the pin says a lot about us, or it says a lot about you, because we are rooting for your um, joy, your pleasure. When Willa Yuta eats the pin, we all get joy. <laughs> what do you think, Zach?
2: Uh, just super fun match. I mean... I loved, like Jason said, the spot with uh, Moxley and Kingston in the middle uh, just trading chops while chaos erupted behind them. Like, you know, Matt Jackson's doing a topecone hero. Nick Jackson's doing the goddamn jump from middle rope to top rope to the outside. Uh, it was just super fun. Uh, maybe the best five-on-five five match I've ever seen. I'm I was trying to figure that out, and I just...
1: Anarchy don't in the, the arena, other
2: five on five matches. Yeah. And okay, so that was the other thing. Was like that wasn't anarchy in the arena, right? That was just like in the ring. Right. Those are kind of like on their own. Right. Uh, you just don't see that many of them, so that's why I was wondering, is it the best? Because I don't normally see that many of them.
0: Uh, that I I agree with. Everything you guys said, uh, Takeshi ruled. I'll give a special dispensation, a special runner up to Ishii. I can't believe they gave him that much offense. He is, you know, he's a, he's a favorite of the three of us and, uh, you know, it's a favorite that, of Toronto it seems, too. Yeah, that's a that's well documented. Converted
1: uh, Steve Patterson at uh, about the end of the match.
0: He sure did, yeah. Steve Patterson was like, What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> but it's like, man, it's that's that's what New Japan gives you. I mean, you watch the G one, you get to watch that motherfucker wrestle ten matches Oof. in a very short period of time and they're pretty much all just like that. He was mega fun. I was very surprised that he was featured the way that he was featured. I thought this match was so well put together. I haven't thought about my favorite 5 on 5 matches of all time. There's been a few Survivor Series matches where with KO and uh there was that one where Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton ended up being the lone two, the sole two survivors, but that I mean that's kind of like apples and oranges. I mean, we're talking about the Elite and John Moxley and fucking Ishii different rules and shit. Too. Yeah, it's different rules. So, I mean, and you know, we're talking about pardon the pun, we're talking about Elite wrestlers, you know, so, uh, this was, uh, this was really cool. Um, yeah, not that much more to say about it. I was really surprised at how you much, really surprised at how much Ishii was featured. I you know can how tell surprised. how
2: much all those dudes just love Ishii, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they all know, like everybody in that match knows that day in, day out, like Tomohiro Ishii is one of the greatest wrestlers to ever step foot in the ring uh, that dude never gives anything less than a four star match,
0: ever. Yeah, I, I you know I don't want to get too insider here, you know, at the risk of alienating Eddie Kingston, but I would I I would bet that he is a uh, he's a wrestler's wrestler. I bet everybody loves yeah. him.
1: Okay, now see you you were, you were being cool, and you, you said some shit like that. Here you go. Who is Superman's cape? Next up, you had (laughs) (laughs) champion versus champion, but only one champion putting up her title. That was Tony Storm putting up the AEW Women's Championship versus Will Nightingale, the New Japan Strong Women's Champion. Um, I'll nerd out for 30 seconds. Uh, For those who watch Stardom like I do, Julia challenged Will Nightingale after the cage match, the uh, Armistar... Uh, title match, she challenged Willa Nightingale, so that's kind of a big deal for those who do watch Stardom, who keep up with Stardom. For those who don't, you'll just have to come out and watch Willa Nightingale versus Julia, I believe that's July 5th for the New Japan Women's Strong Championship, you can judge for yourself. Back to the match itself, I thought this is one of the better matches of Tony Tony Storm's run as champion. It feels like there's been a lot of Just awkward moments when it comes to her title matches. It felt like Willow was one of the few people that can match physicality with Tony so Tony could do whatever the hell she wanted to. Willow could throw to Tony around too. So this, what I thought was going to be one of the down points in the night, actually turned out to be a nice little segue to the next match. Tony Storm goes over and retains. I don't think it hurts Willow Nightingale, but as I start to kind of forecast what could be happening might lose to Julia, might not win the Owen Hart tournament, and now it still feels like the momentum she kind of inherited, for lack of a better term, is going to get possibly taken away from So I'm a little worried for Willow, especially under TK booking, but I thought this was a, actually a better match than I anticipated. Zach, what you think?
2: I was pleasantly surprised at this match, too, and Julia – Challenging her for that New Japan Strong title seems like a total course correction. Where, oh, Willow wasn't supposed to have this title. Let's put it on Julia. Julia is, I mean, their biggest star. She feels like a star. She is a star. She's a fantastic wrestler. Um, Julia is also not long for America, I feel like. Um, I feel like she will be transitioning into a more international role because. I feel like she just hungers for more. Like, I don't think stardom, even though it's the best women's promotion in the world, I don't think stardom can contain uh, the presence that is Julia. I see her
0: broadening her She's
1: already said that she wants to come to America. The sheer magnitude of Julia. Right. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Unironically. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Speaking of this match, though... um, it was something that after that ten man, I was like, oh, like uh, okay, like I can kind of sit back and and um, be on my phone for a second and look at you know Facebook and post and post some shit because uh, I get on Facebook every three months whenever AEW has a uh, pay per view, and uh, this match reeled me back in. It was good.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest compliment you can pay to this match was that it came after a super high energy five-on-five five match that the crowd was eating everything up, every single every single sequence the crowd was into. I mean, just a completely nonstop five-on-five. Five. The crowd also knew that it had the two main events coming up, and one of them was coming after this. I don't know if the crowd knew whether it was Osprey and Omega or Okada Danielson, but they knew something was coming. So this is the definition of a popcorn match, and these two women managed to pull that crowd back in. The crowd was into this match by the second half of the match. And that is a huge compliment to those two wrestlers. It also pulled me in. I was into it, um... That's also a compliment to the pay per view, I suppose, and compliment to the company uh, that I was in. But it was a very fun match, and good for them. Uh, the right person went over; doesn't hurt Willow Nightingale at all. In fact, it probably elevates her a little bit because, as smart as that crowd is, not everybody watching that, not everybody watching that pay per view even knew that the New Japan Strong Women's Title was even a thing. So, uh, mission accomplished. Nice job.
1: Next up, you had the rematch for the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship. One Will Ospreay versus the defending champion, Kenneth Omega. 39 minutes and 40 seconds later, I still say, and I would stay, I'll keep this going until we do the Beefers in 24. This was now taking over as my new match of the year, superseding the original match. I thought this was going to be very similar to the first match, very short-ish, more like the 20-25 minute match where the roles would be reversed and you would see Will Ospreay do all the things that Kenny Omega did to him in the first match. But then it took a little weird turn to where Kenny started to come back and then all of a sudden, Kenny just didn't want to die. Dropped on his head. You know, here's Hidden Blades, here's a One-Wing Angel, you know, a Kamigoye, you know, all kinds of callbacks from Will Osprey's Bag of Tricks, and seemingly nothing would help. Don Callis came back, and that didn't help. The screwdriver didn't help. It got to the point where literally I had to walk around in the room and was like, how the fuck is this going to end? Because it didn't seem like it was going to end anytime soon conventionally. But fortunately for all of us that had to work that next morning, Kenny Omega finally went down to the Hidden Blade. 39, 40 seconds later, Will Ospreay is the new U.S. heavyweight champion. Like I said, I thought this was an amazing match. It was the match of the night. It's the match of the year as far as I'm concerned. I hope they don't even do it at Wembley, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'll be like that. I want this to kind of marinate a little bit before we do it again. If they go whole, the rest of the year without even doing it, I'm okay with that too. If they do it at Wembley, of course, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be excited for it. But I honestly think with the G1 coming up, at least on the will side of things, I think the timing might be a little off. I think it should be more a time where both guys kind of go their separate ways. Let's meet up. At um, Wrestle Kingdom Sounds like a great place Great time to do it We can run it back For the uh, tiebreaker Zach, what'd you think?
2: Uh, spoiler alert This is also my match of the year For the beefer. Uh Absolutely phenomenal I Jumped out of my seat Multiple times While I was watching this uh, The what, Like a couple Examples The false finish Was probably The most effective pulse finish I've ever seen in my entire life you talking about the foot, you, foot on the rope the foot on the rope yeah uh, just absolutely brilliant and the execution required for something that delicate is just over the top insane um, you had the what seemed to be a screw job finish with the uh, actual screwdriver and then the one winged angel and he jumped he kicked out at one. And they, right before him, they're like, nobody kicks out of the one wing an angel and he kicks out at one. I was sitting on my bed and like, I'm like a clean size bed. And so I'm sitting on my bed with my legs fully like out, like just sitting up against my headboard. <laughs> and I feel like my whole body was off of the bed after he kicked out at one. Like I pushed off with my hands and my body convulsed. And I was just, it was so transcendent. And I was just losing my mind so many times in this and just so many little things there was like Jason said the callbacks and um you know it was on the anniversary of Ali Inoki and they even had like some callbacks to that like uh just familiar with that match like where Anoki just like stayed on the ground the entire time and just kicked uh Ali in the shins like the whole time and everybody thought it was just like the worst fight ever for two legends but um Kenny was trying to get Will to do that stuff and uh it was just transcendent. Um, these guys uh, gave us so much uh, so much blood. Oh, my God, the blood. This is like Oof. one of the bloodiest matches I've ever seen.
1: Well, um, Ospreay was dumping blood.
2: <laughs> I mean, just
1: dumping it. Good Lord.
2: I I can't speak highly enough about this match. I think that there's layers that I haven't even approached uh, recognizing because I only got to watch it one time. And I can't wait to watch it over
0: and over again. Uh, I watched it a second time tonight while I was uh, cooking dinner and, like, cleaning the kitchen. I set the iPad up on the counter, so – and I had my earbud in, you know, so it wasn't bothering anybody else. And so I, so I knew when to, like, look at the iPad when I wasn't chopping onions or fucking washing dishes or whatever. I can't believe how good it was. I, like um, – uh, for our, our wrestling buddy Jason Case, who I never see anywhere except for at Joey's house for wrestling <laughs> stuff, but I mean, he's he's my wrestling buddy, and he, after the match, Jason and I were high. You know, we are high off the match, maybe high off some other things too, but we're high off the match, and I walked right
1: out. Yeah, we go out <laughs> and have a cigarette. We I'm go like, out Jesus on the balcony Christ. to smoke,
0: and Jason Case came outside, which he's never done that I can remember, and never. he goes. He said, I've watched a lot of wrestling with you guys. He goes, but that was something. And it got me thinking, uh, like, was that the best match that I've ever watched with Jason Bell live? Um, Probably. Um, You know, was it the best match that I've ever watched with Joey O'Farrell live? Probably. It ranks. You know, Vice was there. Best match I've ever watched with Vice live probably i don't know what else it would be you know all those omega okada matches i never watched live i watched them later you know um i watched omega osprey one this year at wrestle kingdom i watched it by myself you know but like watching it live i think that was the best match i ever watched with people and that's not me trying to one-up you guys saying it was match of the year it obviously it's match of the year so far it's um the you know just like just like zach said but the one winged angel kicking out at one. I knew it was coming. I almost chopped my finger off chopping up vegetables when he did it again tonight when I was watching that on the iPad. I was like, holy shit. Because, because the crowd, because the crowd was like, Oh, okay. So this is how it's going to end. Yeah. I thought so too. And, this is how this is how smart it was, and I don't care about kayfabe here or anything. I care about how smart it is to the audience because nobody kicks out of the one winged angel. It came after the screwdriver stop, spot. It would make sense that Will Ospreay would win with a one winged angel on Kenny Omega in this huge match that everybody's. It was after it, th-
1: at that in this. Moment, right? This and snippet it, was, it would totally make sense, and then the match would it end. It, it would was have been also like, okay.
0: after the thirty-minute mark. It was like a couple minutes because Kevin Kelly goes, "That's the thirty-minute mark," you know, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "I can't believe I've been chopping vegetables this long," but I, <laughs> I was also like, "Wow! I can't believe there's still all this stuff to go in the last eight minutes. The last eight minutes of that match are as good as anything you'll ever see in terms of, uh, like, you know." They always talk about that new Japan finish, how it's all reversals and shit like that. This was more than that, and I don't. I, I know that the, the the one criticism that people have is that Don Callis was sent away from ringside, and then he came back, and there were no repercussions. Kevin Kelly does a good job. He's like, he's like, it would be a disservice to the match if the referee were to call this a DQ here or something like this. You got to you got to let him finish it in the ring, you know. And the ref didn't see this isn't kayfabe, but the ref didn't see the screwdriver. But Kenny Omega, because it would have made so much sense for him to lose to that one winged angel and then to kick out at one, I mean, come on. I already have it listed as my markout moment of the year, oh, also. I like, what? I mean, <laughs> the room absolutely exploded. I've never seen. I mean, I.
1: men are losing their damn minds. It was. Jumping around.
0: This is. <laughs> Pacing. It's, it's not hyperbole to say that. Like I said, I think it's the best match I've seen in a long, 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 long time. And uh, a lot of a lot of things conspired to make that true. But goddamn The other thing I'll say, sorry, I know I'm being a little long-winded here. Will Ospreay made himself a lot of fucking money with that match. Because that match, if you had never seen, a, if you had never watched a Wrestle Kingdom and you're an AEW fan and you decide to shell out the money because, you know, because they've because they, because they they've been making such a big deal out of it. All of a sudden, you're like, man, this Will Ospreay guy, what the fuck? He's licking blood when they're yelling at him, you sick fuck. He looks right at the hard camera and he goes, that's right. <laughs> he wipes his ass with a Canadian flag. <laughs> He's he, he picking his nose with the flag. I mean, truly. Oh,
2: that was totally a callback to Sean Michael. Hey, right. man. Yes. Know, like, was the same spot. He even
1: did a sharpshooter into a Crippler face. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no no fucks giving. God, I love that dude. Uh,
0: unbelievable. And you know what, Jason? I like what you said. I like the idea of it marinating. I guess I never even considered that they wouldn't do it at Wembley, but to, I, selfishly, I was like, "Man, I hope they do it at Wembley because of I course. think it, I would think it would be fun at the Beavers next year to have our top three matches <laughs> of the year all be Omega Osprey."
1: <laughs> we say, uh, sorry, guys, who's playing for fourth? <laughs>
0: I'm I, I'm telling you though, like in terms of when you're playing to that crowd, I just can't I can't get over how smart the kick out at one on the one wing and angel was, I can't get over how smart that was and how, you know, how we say sometimes that like wrestling is best when it's what you want, but not what you expect. That was the definition of it. And that, that crowd, the crowd was deflated at the end of that. The crowd was like, okay, he's going to win with some Don Callis bullshit and the one wing and angel. That makes sense. That's the wrestling that we understand. And then for him to kick out at one fucking chef's kiss. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And
1: then go for another 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. Right. Unbelievable stuff. At, it's truly unbelievable.
1: No, I I can't say anything more. And like I said, Wrestle Kingdom. that's to me, it makes the most sense. If it doesn't happen for a while, it doesn't happen. But right now, I just match of the year, hands down. Yeah. Um. Next up, I hope it's not. I hope we get something better. If we get something better than that,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I might not make it. Yeah. No. I, know. <laughs> Are I you didn't. Do we? What did Meltzer give it? Do we know? Uh, I
2: don't think the newsletter's out. I'm on vacation, but it usually comes out like Thursday night, Friday morning.
0: They don't deliver it to your log cabin in uh, the middle of Washington, Ted Gizinski?
2: <laughs> no, not anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jason, was next?
1: Bill made a joke about... Uh, me needing a towel for this next match coming out, and I think we did need the towel, but we needed the towel to put over the TV because this was, unfortunately, the low part of the night, and it had my boy involved in it. You had um, Jericho, versus uh, Jericho uh, Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara versus Sting, Darby Allin, and Naito in a six-man tag. Um, I thought everything was okay until Sting got crunched by Sammy Guevara, and that's 6.30. Bill sitting next to me on my right-hand side, and he's he's like, there's no way Sting's going taking this bump. I'm like, no, hell no. He ain't taking this. Sammy's going to, you know, jump off, do this 6.30, just come through the table. Sorry, not sorry, Sammy. You know, you're going to be the crash test dummy. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, and I'm still, and to this day, I still think that Sting was a little more hurt than we all kind of know. One spot that that really stuck out was where I believe Jericho had Naito pinned and Sting was in the corner. On, if you're looking at the TV, he's on the lower left-hand side, and he walks past the – pin to go back to his corner <laughs> all kinds of chaos has happened up to this point but now now we're gonna be like oh let's stick to the rules let's not kick jericho on the way back to the corner we're gonna walk to the corner let the referee escort us back and let the referee come back and get the pin it just it felt like it got real wonky real quick right at that spot it wasn't even really a, i would say it a good match to begin with until sting got crunched it was okay I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, we came away from that barn burner match, and people were still trying to, like, collect themselves. But then you came back with this clunker, and I'm sorry for for the lack of a better word. I'm going to use this. It was a clunker of a match. It just felt like the chemistry was off. I'm a firm believer that Sting was hurt in some capacity, whether, you know, I'm right or wrong, neither here nor there. This was the low part of the night, and I'm sad to have my boy a part of it.
0: Zach?
2: Yeah, it started bad whenever, um, thing got hit off the top from Sammy. He had Jericho in the scorpion death lock and then Sammy went to do the cutter and he got hit in the head. And then it got worse whenever I'm, he was supposed to just move off the table. He had to be and he was just too slow and he got rocked by that 630. Cause pretty much like right after that, it looked like he was supposed to be in the ring to break up a pin <laughs> and like make a comeback and it's like you're not making a comeback after you take a spot from the top rope and sammy is definitely crazy enough to do a 630 off the top through a table with nobody there we've seen him do it before so i just think he was too slow uh moving out of the way and just got crunched and uh yeah it was a uh, it was rough going and the crowd was also very very dead because of they just saw the greatest match that they've if there's 40,000 people in that arena 39,800
1: of them just saw the best match they have ever seen in their life, live. <laughs> you say this 1%
0: gets away. Yeah, I don't want to pile on too bad. It, it's With that and with the dynamite spot off the ladder with Sting, it's getting uh, – I know Zach didn't see it, but Sting attempted a jump from the ladder that was in the ring – Outside of the ring, onto Mm-mm. Sammy Guevara laying over two tables. It was too, yeah, far. too far. He didn't make it, and it looked like his mouth hit Sammy Guevara's knee really bad. Plus his lip. I mean, it's it, it, you gotta. They might be building towards this Jericho sting thing. It, it's border It's bordering kind of sad. Like I don't. He was doing so good. It's like why is he trying to do more than he could do? Oh, oh. He was doing so good. in, In his defense,
1: what happened at Forbidden Door wasn't his fault.
0: Well, the ending when he was crawling on the inside of the ring instead of the outside of the ring to the end of the corners, okay, the pin was say- made was was his fault.
1: That's but like, I'm, but that's why I'm saying I think he was hurt more than we all realize. Okay, okay, that's completely understandable. Then I would
0: suggest if you're hurt more than we realize that you not try a spot that you've never done before.
1: Uh, a couple days later, uh, on, uh, in uh, Hamilton, uh, yeah. Ontario, okay. as a I, 64 there, year old, there is no excuse for that. Okay. <laughs> Mother. I, I was willing to give
0: him the benefit. I, I, listen, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I've come around. I like. I have come around. I've been hard on him in the past. He obviously he's had a great career. Obviously he's made an impact on so many people's lives. Let's not be Willie Mays on the Mets, fucking missing fly balls in center field at the end of your career. Okay, buddy, just like go out.
1: This was, okay, this was him missing the fly ball in center field and him jumping off of the uh, the ladder on Wednesday night. That, most people can't no, even do that.
0: No, the Sunday night was him in what center field, field for the Mets. Wednesday night was him when Roberto Clemente's plane went down and he died, and he died in the Caribbean. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sticking with the baseball metaphors. Holy <laughs> shit. You ain't shit. That was Thurman Munson, dude.
1: (laughs) You ain't shit, dog. That's horrible. But I'll just say this. Who's the
0: other pitcher that died in the play? Oh, Halliday. That's Roy Halliday, dude. Oh,
1: jeez, Louise. (laughs) I'll just say this. Despite on Wednesday night, I mean, most people would have a hard time. Sammy would have a hard time doing it. Darby would have a hard time doing it. Guys that we would know, Phoenix, Commander, Vikingo, they would all have a hard time doing it from that length off of a ladder. I honestly thought that Darby was going to push Put the ladder, ladder forward.
0: over because Darby was standing back there, and I honestly thought that that's what they were going to do. I was like, oh, well, that that still looks cool, but it's much easier for Sting to be able to do it. Right. No, if motherfucker he, if tried he was to going jump. to do that,
1: he needed to come off the top so he could have as much <laughs> angle, and the whole nine and then splash it. And, and as soon as he jumped, I was like, oh, no. You, you could see him starting to fall short. I was like, oh, no. Whoa. He's not going to make it. He's, <laughs> He's gonna make not going to make it. I He's going to he make was, it. I didn't think he was going to hit a table at a point because he was starting to fall real short. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, no. And when he hit, I was just like, is he okay? It was <laughs> still Referee Ref came up real quick. I was like, ooh.
0: I'll give him this. He still broke one table. So it's better than Goldberg versus Taker in Saudi Arabia. Um, all Truth. right. So, uh, what was the main event?
1: Obviously we're down to one, the main event, one Brian Danielson versus Kajutsuka Okada. Um, Danielson coming out, uh, surprised with the interest music of the final countdown going back to his ROH days. Even apparently, Brian Danielson didn't even know that was going to be a thing until he came out. Tony Khan did the one shot deal. God bless Tony Khan. Deep Pockets makes a, a great memory. So, in that scenario, that was a great way to kick off Brian Daniels' entrance. Obviously, Okada is the rainmaker. For those who haven't seen his entrance just seen it on TV, it has its own presence for itself. That being said, I thought the match started off a little slow, but as soon as it felt like about the 10, 15-minute mark, it started to pick up. Little did we know. About ten minutes before the about let's gonna say twenty minutes into the match, Brian Danson broke his forearm. It did kind of creep up at a couple at points towards the end where he couldn't put the bell lock on. Uh, even commentary did a really good job, kind of pointing out the fact that Danielson's arm was kind of being protected, or I wouldn't say dangling, but he was protecting that at certain points. The Def- Two things coming out of this match that I thought was very, very interesting. Obviously, the finish where Danielson taps out Okada, which was another mark out moment. Maybe not as nearly as hot as watching Kenny Omega kicking out of the One Wing Angel, but nonetheless very shocking to say the least. Especially when you've seen uh, seeing a one arm Brian Danielson. Tapping out arguably one of the best in the business. This was the second time that Kazuchika Okada has tapped out, the first time being in the G1 2015 versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Second fun fact is the kick out of the Rainmaker. Danielson is one of six guys to ever kick out of the Rainmaker. I can't name all six, uh, but there are big names, obviously. Naido. Um, I think Ibushi. Um, Omega, Omega, Jay White, Jay White um, Danielson. So, in this scenario, Brian Danielson has answered his name in a list of all time greats. I thought this match was really, really good. I, I thought it would be the match of the night coming in. And obviously, you had Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay kind of steal that mantle. I thought this was still really good. It still told a good story. Commentary giving a explanation on, on why. Okada taps with the G1 looming ahead is best to worry about the G1 versus going into the G1 with a banged-up arm, leg, whatever the case may be. This uh, For the, for me personally, it just adds to Brian Danson's legacy to win this match by submission with one arm. A lot of that is kayfabe. The one-arm, broken arm portion of it, that's real deal, and that's some man shit, baby. That's some shit that I would never be able to do and couldn't even imagine to fathom to do. And the fact that he did that and still put up, I said a four-and-a-half-star match, I thought that was kudos to him. Okada's fine. Losing is not going to be a big deal. This can run be ran back at the G1 when both guys are, or not oh, G1, at Wrestle Kingdom when both guys are healthy. So we're going to see this again. This is probably going to be another one of those matches that we're going to see three matches out of it, at least two. So first round goes to Brian Danielson. No problem with that. I love the fact that he overcomes his own injury to beat the Rainmaker. Zach, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, it was definitely marred by the injury. Uh, you know, he broke his arm. He did that weird Caesar spot, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And um, not a fan of that. Yeah, and it, I obviously it probably wasn't initially built into the match. It was just him. Working to communicate, the broken arm maybe I don't know. But then like the doctors in there, and then like uh, the doctor and the ref are looking at Daniel. and the cut like, "Hey guys, it, it's okay." And he just grabs him and starts whaling <laughs> on him. And they're just like, "Game like, on. All right. I'm like, "This is weird." So like you know, the match is like really good up until that point, and then you realize, oh, like his arm's fucked up and he can't do the lapel lock. He can't do a lot and. It was just marred by the injury. Now, it was super fun to watch him overcome that, to still manage to creatively tap out one of the best wrestlers in the world by just using his legs um, to make that happen. Super fun. But at the same time, I am anxious to see what these guys can actually do in a match where uh, one guy didn't have a broken arm for the last 10 minutes of it. So, um, you can't... I have a hard time kind of, like, judging this match or, like, rating it or anything like that uh, just because of that. But uh, it was on pace to be an excellent match. I just didn't quite ever get to third gear.
0: So, a few weeks ago, I was telling you guys I am tempering my excitement because anything but a match of the year is going to be a disappointment. You're like, well, what could happen? It's like, well, somebody could get hurt beforehand or, you know, somebody's visa can get messed up or something. What I didn't mention was somebody could break their arm in the middle of the match and they don't actually get to have the match that they wanted to because all anybody's talking about coming out of this pay-per-view is Omega uh, Osprey. I mean, with good reason, but this was the match that I was looking forward to the most. And I got to say, it was strange and it was disappointing and I think anybody that's saying it's not disappointing is kind of lying to themselves because they don't want to say it was disappointing. Another match that I watched again, those was the only two matches that I went back and rewatched watched today. Um, the problem is, is that Okada matches always start out slow. I mean, it is a slow build to an Okada match. And then at the end, it's just a freak out of epic proportions, reversal after reversal, Rainmaker, Rainmaker, Okada wins. He's the best in the world, right? If you're going to have to go on the fly and you're going to have an Okada match where the beginning of the match is super, super, super slow and then somebody's going to get hurt in the middle of the match, you're never going to be able to pick it back up. So the match was okay. It was just okay. I'm sorry. I I hate to be a hater here, but if it wasn't what anybody expected. And it was not as good as what everybody expected,
2: myself included. No, it's just that's just the fact. This was, it was just
0: an unfortunate circumstance. Yep. So that's why I don't want to get excited about stuff. And when you guys try to talk it into me, that's actually you guys. Try oh to no, talk- I
1: won't ever do it again. Yeah, don't you worry about it.
0: Thank you. <laughs> don't you worry about Cause it. Cause that is actually. Don't you
1: worry about it. Never again
0: you trying to talk me into like, getting no, excited no, about something.
1: No, 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 no. Just, it's actually, just sit over there and be cool. I, I, it's actually violent. Ne- I'll, I'll never do it again. It's like whenever
0: I, like,
2: I say something to my wife, and I'm like, hey, you know, you're going like to mess around later. And she's like, yeah, that sounds cool. Like, uh, like tonight. And I'm like, oh, yeah, tonight. Like, it's still 50-50, right? Like, you can't, like, fully expect to happen like, tonight. Because, like then they say something like oh you know whatever like just whatever Uh, you just gotta like lower the expectations yeah but like I ate I ate ate, like you know that fish and it was after 9pm
0: and now I just can't do it (laughs) at that point I really can't blame her man you can't be eating fish after 9pm on a weekday Yeah, and then
2: I'm like why did you do that you said we were gonna do this and then you did that um and that's the equivalent of a broken arm.
0: I am looking forward to them uh, fighting again. Also, it was surprising that Daniel Bryan won. That's also surprising. So, um, anything else you want to say about the pay per view? Any final thoughts before we give it a letter grade?
1: Um, for me, it met all expectations. Regardless of what anybody says, I was hype coming forward. To me, I did not leave disappointed upset. It checked the boxes. It made me look forward to next year's version of Forbidden Door, wherever that may be, wherever that may be. So, yeah, um, I had no problem with it. I was very, 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 very entertained from start to finish, and that's uh, that's a good thing.
0: You want to give it a letter grade?
2: A
1: minus.
0: Zach, do you want to give it a letter grade?
2: I'm going to give it an A, and – um i might have been able to give it higher than that if not for the, the Danielson injury but uh, that's, that's where i'm at
0: um the rest of the card could have been WWE in your house 2005 and as long as you have that Osprey Omega match, that motherfucker's an A. That's
1: an A, bro. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Cyber Tuesday or whatever they used to have. <laughs> <laughs> Where you get the vote on the internet. Yeah, right, Bob. You know how this works. Go ahead. Make the match. <laughs> you know you going to make the match. Right. All right. Let's get to that two count. That's funny shit. You said Cyber Tuesday. What?
0: Wasn't that what it was called? Great. Pretty sure it was. The fact that it, <laughs>
1: I'm even like, yeah, I kind of remember that. <laughs> That's some sad shit. Uh,
0: so the two count is going to be predictions because Zach isn't long for the pod. So like we said, Jason's in the lead with 30 points. Bill's got 28.
2: eight three bruises, I'm not long for the pod. We've been, we've been going an hour. But you're right.
1: Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we'll get you on up out here. Uh, we we can't have your, your diva ass, you know, talking to us too much longer. But
0: wait a minute! It's seven twenty-two there, right? Yep. You guys are gonna go out after eight o'clock. What kind of party are you at? Uh, I didn't ask. There's there, sixteen people. Are there keys involved? It doesn't get. Uh, it doesn't get. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're right on the lake, and it doesn't get dark until like ten after ten.
0: <laughs> what kind of party are you with, though? Like, is this like an ice storm situation? Bring your pineapple. <laughs> no. No, uh, it's with my wife's parents and her siblings. Okay, okay. All, okay. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right. But I was like, you know, you guys are gonna go out after eight o'clock. You guys are party animals. That's cool. Um, okay, so time to get some predictions. This is for Money in the Bank in England. Um, it starts at two p.m. Fuckers! My wife goes to oh, my bad. wife goes to work at three thirty. I am home with the baby, God and damn. I love a midday pay per view. Fuck. All right, so money in the
1: Afternoon
2: bank. delight, I like to
1: call
0: it. Ooh, that's clever.
1: I say, so can, can we not push that back to like noon where it works for everybody? God damn!
0: I'll see what I can do.
1: Yeah, call, talk to your people. So this is a pretty
0: good pay per view on paper, man. <laughs>
1: there's, some, there's, I mean, no, I'll, I'll, there is very, there's a lot of intrigue to go there. There's, sure. not,
0: there's not a match I'm not interested in. Um, but I'll start with the match that I'm least interested in. Okay. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez for the
1: for the women's yeah. tag team titles. I'll yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, no Jason, who you got? Yeah, you took a shot in the face? You look like Jimmy Walker? Oh, yeah, that will do it. Uh, I'm taking the champs. Jason's taking Rousey
0: and Baszler. I am taking Rousey and Baszler also. Who you got, Zach? Yeah, that's them. Uh... Sorry, you know what? This is... Absolute fucking bullshit.
1: Unprofessional bullshit.
0: That I'm just chewing on sunflower seeds this entire time. Just completely gross and very unprofessional. All right, so coming up next for the Intercontinental Championship.
1: If he wouldn't have said anything, nobody would have known, right? I,
0: I know. Except us. Okay, all right, all right. I know.
1: Okay, all right.
0: Just We're to the Intercontinental Championship. We Captain have. America over here, you know. Hey guys, <laughs> stop cussing. Don't grab the tights. Don't grab
1: the tights. Language, language.
0: Even I don't even know. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I we know got you don't. Gunther, Gunther versus Riddle for the IC belt. Zach, who you got? Give me Gunther. Yeah, I'm taking Gunther too. I am taking Gunther until Gunther loses. I will lose a point. When Guthrie loses, because I am not voting for anybody else.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it would be very hard to... Now we're getting to the point where, you know, who does Gunther lose to?
0: Roman Reigns. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> yeah, that's what Roman needs is another title. Heyman to be running around here with a fucking wagon full of all the tiles that Roman can't carry himself. Yeah, it's got to be going through here. You know, they've been beating up on Matt Riddle since he's come back. I think Riddle is a, actually a name opponent that... It has a, a small amount of cachet, nothing too crazy. It's another uh, chance for going through to build on his legacy as the IC champion. See, unprofessional. And that's unprofessional. Because, but I turned it off because I was chewing the seeds.
0: I don't need people hearing me spit. Uh, up next, we have The Bloodline, which is Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa versus Jimmy and Jay, The Usos. I will go first here. You think that's the match order? Women's tag,
1: intercontinental? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm at home at 3 o'clock. Oh, bloodline versus the Usos? Sweet.
0: <laughs> Rumor has it that they are rehearsing the ending of this match at an off-site secret location. For what? Because The Rock and Rikishi are coming down. Oh. Um... But isn't it only the brothers and Solo that they've seen at that secret location? Yeah, Roman don't rehearse. Yeah, yeah, and Heyman. Right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take. <laughs> Heyman yeah, is okay. taking the place of Reigns. Yeah, I was Earth. gonna say yeah.
1: I'll play Roman Reigns. <laughs> I love you, your tribal chief. Thank you, your tribal chief. I
0: think I'm taking the Usos because I think something happens in between between Solo Sokoa and Roman, and I think we are getting that Fatal Four Way at, at SummerSlam. I'm taking the Usos.
1: Wow. Um, I'm not going to go that far, but I, I will uh, piggyback on the, the pick on this one. I think it's it kind of seems like this is Roman's slow decline, where if and when Cody Rhodes and Roman Re- Reigns meet again for next year's WrestleMania, the line of Cody saying that, you know, you'll be a, a, a tribal chief without a tribe, all that good shit, by the time they meet this time, that time next year, all that will come to pass. Roman will have something on Cody, too, but neither here nor there. I'm taking the Usos. It just kind of makes too much sense not to. Roman and Solo feel like they're going to be bumpy for the rest of the way until Solo decides he's going to break out from Roman as well. Zach, who
0: are you taking?
2: They've done everything so slow so far that I can't see them doing this turn and then automatically giving the Usos, like, the first win here. I think they won this one back. I think this time Roman Reigns and Pilaskoa win. And we're gonna get a rematch a little bit down the road, maybe to pop a smack now, Brady.
0: Thank you for mixing it up. It was getting pretty stale there. So let's uh let's jump ahead to the women's money in the bank match. We have Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch. Zoe Stark, Bailey, EO, Sky, and Trish Stratus. Uh, Zach, I'm going to let you go first from least to most. Who you got?
2: Least is Zelina Vega. After that is, hmm, I'm going to say Bailey, even though she'd be really good with this. I just don't feel like they're going to put her in that place. Um, after that, so we start, then Trish Stratus, then Becky, and then I'm gonna go with Theo Sky, winning.
1: Jason, who you got? Least to most, let's go. Unfortunately, I'll I'll agree with two beer on this one. Selena Vega as my least likely. Um, let's go. Ch-ch-ch- I'll, I'll piggyback on Bailey as the next like least likely. Let's flip the spots of Trish Stratus. I'll go Trish Stratus next. Zoe Stark after that. Um, I'm down to EO and uh, Becky. Becky. I'm going EO next and I'm going Becky as the one to win. I don't want Becky to win. I, I just think they've kind of teased it enough to where now I was EO Sky, but just not the way i was hardline with you know other people we'll talk about that here in a little bit i want eo sky to win but i think bailey costs eo sky ultimately and that's how they start their rivalry and that leaves becky to chase down Rhea ripley they saw you saw it in the back i'm going with bailey or i'm sorry going with becky Lynch as my winner
0: this is really going to separate the points coming into this because you guys are thinking almost the exact opposite as I am. Okay, so I have Zoe Stark in last. Fair. Even if she has the chance to win, she's just there to try to get Trish to win it. Fair. I have Trish second to last. Can't see Trish walking around with the money on the bench. She's too big for it. Right. I got Bailey third to last because I don't think they'd have Bailey win it if it's between Bailey and EO. If one, somebody from Damage Control is going to win it, it's going to be EO. And then Bailey it should won, be EO. And then Bailey will get jealous of EO. For sure. And But I have Becky Lynch third or fourth. So third from the most top, I have Becky Lynch. And just because I also think she's too big for it, I got EO Sky second most likely to win, and I have Zelina Vega as the most likely to win. I am taking Zelina Vega. I think that she showed some stuff in... Uh, Puerto Rico, and I think that she, I think they believe in her. She's been getting a lot of pop lately, uh, LWO or a thing. I'm taking Zelina Vega. Mm. Mm. I think they do a rematch between her and Rhea Ripley because she had that moment in Puerto Rico with with Rhea Ripley where they gave her a bunch of hope spots. I think she goes out there and cashes in on Rhea Ripley.
1: Successfully?
0: Oh, yeah. I would love it. Wow.
1: I'm I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: I'll tell you what, that's going to, that's going to be a big point differential. Um, So we have Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the title. I am going to go first here. I'm going to be crazy and I'm going to take Finn Balor because I think there's a chance that Damian Priest could win money in the bank. And, Damian Priest running around with the briefcase while Finn Balor is the champ would be a really fun dynamic and something I don't know if we've ever seen. So I'm going to take Finn Balor. Uh, Jason, who you got?
1: Um, I'm not even going to overthink this too much. It's been a nice little ride. I appreciate the fact that Finn has kind of gotten his uh, a go get back after the the chance of having a, uh, a verbal promo that was kind of uh, hijacked in my opinion. From that point, he's gotten Seth on multiple occasions. Didn't get Seth on Monday night. They've at least done enough to where Finn Bauer feels like he is a credible, legitimate threat to Seth Rollins. I just can't pick against Seth Rollins right now.
0: Zach, who do you have?
2: I love the epic Finn. That's something that I kind of want to do, but I'm still not going to. I got Seth.
0: All right. And. Next up, we have Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that this is the curtain jerker.
2: (laughs) Um, I guess it could. I mean, it's gonna be the hottest match. The hottest the crowd is the whole night.
0: I think it would just totally rule as a curtain
1: jerker. Um, I agree. uh, Jason, go ahead. So. Everybody knows that I am a big fan of the notorious DOM. I think he has been amazing on this heel run. Him being in, you know, getting locked up, talking about he wouldn't last in jail, I think is one of his favorite, my funny favorite moments of him on this heel run. Cody Rhodes is an interesting opponent. Cody Rhodes, on paper, looks like he should win. But, moving on the horizon is SummerSlam. And that means Brock Lesnar. And that means Brock. And Cody will have to tangle at some point. I'm calling it now. Brock gets involved. Setting up the notorious DOM to get the upset victory over one Cody Rhodes. I got Dominic Mysterio to win. Zach, who you got?
2: I got Cody Rhodes. Uh, I just feel like he is going to He's still the logical number one contender for Reigns and a lot doesn't hurt Dom at all, and
0: uh, yeah, let's go with Cody. Yeah, I'm going with Cody. Dominic can totally lose this. I don't think that they're going to have Cody lo- I mean, he's only lost twice. Once was to Roman Reigns and once was to Brock Lesnar, where they set him up with a huge injury angle. I can't see them having lose. To- if he is going to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, I can't see them having him lose. The pay-per-view before SummerSlam. God, Summer, I'm
1: so rooting for Dom now. <laughs> I mean, More than before. <laughs> it's one point, but I want this one point. Bad as hell.
0: And then finally, we have the men's Money in the Bank. So we're going to go least the most here. We have Ricochet, Nakamura, LA Knight. LA Knight. Yeah. Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. I am going to go first here. Um I have Butch as the least likely to win. I hope that he has a good showing and I hope that they get behind him at some point. But no, I don't...
1: He's he's coming home. So he'll, he'll be just fine.
0: And uh, I got Ricochet next because Ricochet there to win. Ricochet is there to flip. Uh, I got Shinsuke Nakamura third from the bottom because I just think he's too old for it. I got Santos Escobar next. It would be a fun little story. I don't see it happening. I kind of I kind of went between two and three here. I crossed it out and then put it back. I have Damian Priest as third most likely to win. Like I said, I think it would be a fun story. But I would be dumb to bet against the smart money, and the smart money is either Logan Paul or L.A. Knight. I have Logan Paul second most likely to win. Him with the money in the bank, holding the money in the bank briefcase on a SummerSlam poster is definitely something that they want to have. Um, But... I'm going to stick with who I was thinking even before Logan Paul was into it. I think strike while the iron is hot. The argument for LA Knight winning it is that Logan Paul doesn't need it, and this would be a perfect time for LA Knight to have it. Uh, So I have LA Knight most likely.
1: Uh, Jason. You know, the crazy part about it is as I was listening to your picks, I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you got to the top 3, I was like, oh, this is where we might be a little different. And the crazy part about it is, we are not. I have the exact same picks. Butch makes Butch is great because he's coming over to You home. have the exact
0: same picks the whole way through?
1: Butch is, Butch is great coming home, but he's not going to win. Um Ricochet next. You know why Ricochet's in it? You know why Nakamura's in it? Okay, let's get those jokers out of the way. Santos is probably the wild card of the bunch. I can see Santos winning before I can see Zelina winning, but that's just me. Priest at this point has felt like he's been built up to where he could have it, but I don't think he really needs it. So then you're down to the last two, Logan Paul, L.A. Knight, and I said it last week, I wasn't going to waver. I ain't wavering now. Logan Paul two, L.A. Knight one.
0: That's my quarterback
1: (laughs) That's my quarterback (laughs) Uh, Yeah uh, Yeah.
0: Who you got Zach A little different Changing it
2: up Uh, I'm going to put Ricochet dead last The only reason he's in here is to do flippy stuff And that's it Uh, I'll put Butch still towards the bottom But he's still more likely Than Ricochet Uh, After that Santos Escobar This ain't going to happen I'll put Nakamura above him just because Nakamura is like an actual superstar and that's still more likely than any of the three below. Then I'll go to Damian Priest even though I think that would be my favorite of the bunch and I'm going to differentiate from you guys here. I would really love to see LA Knight over Logan Paul but I just think in my head I just think of them wanting the headlines and them wanting... Um, he doesn't need it, but that has never stopped him before from giving it to somebody who doesn't need it. That's why you're going to give it to Logan Paul. Yeah, exactly.
0: Edge is going to show up at the very, like, <laughs> he's going to be like the last entrance. What the fuck? He's going to be like, oh, we have, Adam Pierce is going to come out. We have one more it's, on this day. It's, it's
1: official. our <laughs> like, what the, the fuck? rated R superstar. God damn it. <laughs> fuck it, Vince.
0: All right, that's fun. That is fun because there are going to be some point swings next week on episode 315 of the Band for Ringside podcast. Make sure you tune in wherever you find your podcasts. That's going to get do it for our two count. So, um, Zach didn't watch anything else, but that doesn't mean he still can't talk about it. So let's just go to. I am I am gonna duck out though because we're gonna we're gonna bounce to the water. So thank oh, you for having out. me. <laughs> you, know, we, you know we might get out there like eleven thirty midnight or something. Like we don't know.
2: So everybody cleaned up. I, I uh, they just got done with the dishes and the, the dinner and all that, and uh, yeah.
0: Women are doing dishes. You're podcasting. All right, Sasha. Be safe, Um, Doc. July four, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you later. Yeah, Yeah. all right, man. Be safe.
2: This
0: is banned from Ringside. Okay, so he's gone, so we can talk about whatever the fuck we want to. (laughs) Let's talk about those fucking NBA trades, right? Jesus Christ! No Uh,
1: anything hasn't happened yet.
0: All right, so we already made fun of Sting. James Sting, dumbass. Sting, I hope you're okay out there, dude. Uh, what do you think about Moxley versus Ishii?
1: It was a great curtain jerker. Um, obviously, when I see Moxley, I'm like, okay, you know, Eddie Kingston needs to be out here. BCC came out with uh, Moxley, obviously. And the fact that Claudio and Moxley were just like, you know, laser eye pointing at each other, just look, you know, staring holes at each other. I thought that was a nice little, you know, angle side angle from the actual match itself i mean ishii and, and moxley can just go you know the, the last time they went at each other was the uh the g1 they talked about that and, and i kind of remember that that was a really good match this was just as good the sidebar to the whole thing obviously is you know kingston and moxley we got a little bit into that but the physical match itself i gotta give me an ishii t-shirt man King Hipposton. <laughs> 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 he, he got the
0: tape over his belly button.
1: <laughs> Let that man live, dog. I was about to say he nah, comes back up hurry. He's all right.
0: You. He's all right. Um, yeah, I'm glad he's having fun. Uh, he's, I mean, he's mega over. There's no doubt about it. He's so over with the live crowd. At least with the Canadian live crowd, he's crazy no, over.
1: No, I think he's live, He's over with the American crowd. I guess here's my question: What's why? Okay, so obviously Renee was like, you know, hey Eddie, you gotta fix this. What does he have to fix? Why why is it all of a sudden now? You know what, We're glad, playing I, back into You know what?
0: I'm glad you brought that up. I don't want to see Renee Paquette become a part of John Moxley's storyline. I agree totally. No. She should she like it's okay to acknowledge that they're married. Yes. But everything that she does on screen should be as a backstage Stage reporter, yeah. fucking Mean Jean, you know. Yep. She should not be a part of storyline. No. So I I I hope they steer away from that.
1: Don't get me wrong. It adds to it, but I don't even think it needs that. You no, could just that's keep sad. her. That's exactly right. It doesn't need it off to the side and just let Moxley and Kingston, you know, figure it out amongst themselves. And that means Kingston flips heel or. He, he goes after the Bucks or he's still on cardio. I don't know. But I agree with you. Renee has, n- has no reason to be into that. And I was actually, the, when, now that you say that, when she kind of got in the middle, I was waiting for Eddie to be like, you know, taking a swing at Moxley to actually, you know, accidentally hit Renee and to set some other shit off. I'm like, how are you going to get in the middle of these two jokers? sit back and be cool shit where's your microphone crazy bitch uh
0: your your champion mjf is going on one of his little comedy retreats with adam cole baby uh you know he's probably wrestled three times in the last two months so it is time to give him a break for a few weeks and they can do skits your world heavyweight champion doing skits but um yeah my my uh,
1: world heavyweight champion beast. Jungle Boy in 10 minutes and some seconds, but that's neither of them.
0: No, that's some shit. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about MJF and Adam Cole, baby, being, uh, you know, strange bedfellows or whatever?
1: Well, we and Vice and I talked about this earlier either today or last night. Where it was conversations conversation that started last night and kind of filtered over into today. Um, if Adam Cole was already heel and MJF were heel and then they did this, I would be much more excited, more, you know, this makes more sense. This just feels like, at least for me, it ain't an indictment on the tag team division because we're doing this makeshift battle bowl or whatever you want to call it to where the the next team, whoever wins this, I'm sure, gets a chance at FTR. But for me, Adam Cole shouldn't want to hang out with MJF. You know what I'm saying? Does it does it make for strange, interesting bedfellows? Yes, of course. However, when when MJF is rolling, you know, hey, let's go with you know, ride, you know, hey, leave your boy Roddy and come in to, you know, ride with me. had a post should just be like, no, motherfucker. But don't get me wrong, all the one liners from MJF, great generic white boy when he called uh, perfect dude. I laughed my ass off when he called Roddy Strong. I was like, God damn, that shit. Hey, I'm funny. just kidding. You're great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Roddy
0: just- Strong actually look, looked kind of busted up about it. No, he, he looked like, what, what'd you call me? <laughs> no, he looked like, fuck, yeah, he's right.
1: <laughs> Got me. I just, it feels just off. I'd rather just them point to the fact that Adam Cole almost beat MJF versus, this just feels like we're extending the feud and this is just the way we've extended it. If we hadn't seen it before, I wouldn't, I would ha- probably wouldn't have a problem with it, but Sammy Guevara, we done this. Chris Jericho, we done this. Now here's Adam Cole. Same concept, same angle. I just, just, I, I'm just looking for originality at this point, I guess. What? Are, I, I don't know what you're showing.
0: I don't know what you're showing me. Go ahead, go, get on, Mike. When it. But MJF said it's bad enough they want me to wrestle every
1: week. No way I'm staying here for a whole wrestling show. Get in the car. Let's get out of here. I lost that. Yes, dude. I was like, okay, that's my boy. But Adam Colson never went. Right now, go ahead, man. I'll catch you next week. Uh, Something like that.
0: Coming up next, we had a match between Matt Menard, uh, and, uh, and what's it,
1: What's the thing? Angelo Parker.
0: And who else was in this match on um, the JAS team? Oh,
1: wow. Uh, Garcia, Garcia, Garcia.
0: And then Tony Khan wrote every single wrestler in the promotion's name on a little ping pong ball. <laughs> and then he put all the ping pong balls into one of those big things like at the bingo hall, you know, that they turn around it's got call the bingo, bingo ball, <laughs> ping pong balls rolling around in there. Ping pong, bingo. Anyway... <laughs>
1: And Easy. then he put everybody in there, and right. then
0: he, pu- he pulled out Orange Cassidy, and he just pulled it around again, and he was like, El Hijo de Vikingo. He's like, well, that's kind of weird. That's fun. And then he did it again, and it was Keith Lee. And what has to be the strangest three wrestlers to ever wrestle on a tag team together? He had Orange Cassidy, Vikingo, and Keith Lee versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. What do you think about this, Jason?
1: It, th- none of it makes sense. I mean, let just call it for what it is. I, I Keith Lee, God bless him. He's just been a disappointment since coming over to AEW for multiple reasons. Vikingo is great. Always like to see him on TV, entertaining AF. And obviously you still got Orange Cassidy, you know, who's gonna beat him. At this point, I'm it just it was it felt like filler. Versus anything else. Yeah. And I want to, and I'm just going to hold, let's hold that point because we talk about NXT. I want to make a point about what I saw in AEW versus what I saw in NXT.
0: This is like one of those things that I think of, you know, four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or something, and I like type it into my notes. But Tony Khan has a billion dollars and a ton of blow. So he does it, and then he gets to enact it. Why would he think that these three guys make sense together as a Trios team? No.
1: It, There's no connective tissue. There's no um, animosity, really, versus with those three guys against the JAS. It's filler. Nothing more. Really
0: strange. Um, Elite versus Dark Order. have a backstage segment. Dark Order's like, you haven't talked to us in a couple months, you know. Dude,
1: okay, hang on. So, the Dark Order is mad because Adam Page went back to the Elite. So, who... Who's the uh, who's the baby face? Who's the heel, if there are any? No idea. Well, I mean,
0: they're trying to make it the Dark Order's heels, but, I mean, he just goes to them, man. I appreciate that they actually went back to it and made it a match on a Wednesday night instead of just completely forgetting about it. I appreciate that they at least kind of told a story Was something that happened months ago that everybody had forgotten about. But when it happens, you're like, oh, yeah, John Silver should be pissed off at him. So I appreciated that.
1: The match was kind of fun, too. No, I I appreciated the match, especially where you had Hangman trying to, you know, his crisis of conscience, for lack of a better term. You know, you got – Nick and Matt like come on man come on you know let's do this shit and you know he's on the outside like you know you can see like all the fun times him and Dark Order had you know it's that little slow menage of of memories in his head you can see him playing that out my only problem is I guess this is just me looking at it as someone that just feels like feels a certain way about things if you don't like me so be it you could go on to the other side. If I'm the Dark Order, you want to go go out and go back to hang or uh, hang with uh, the Elite? By all means, knock yourself out. I'm not going to be butthurt hurt about that. I damn sure don't want to fight you. That's why they don't feel like babyfaces. Yeah, faces but to
0: wrestlers me. are not Kfabe style. Kayfabe style. style. They're not emotionally complex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair
0: enough. <laughs> um, so coming you got, up, you got me, boss. Uh, so after the Elite versus Dark Order match. Blackpool Combat Club comes in, beats everybody up, challenges them to blood and guts. I'm curious to see who the fifth guy will be on Blackpool Combat Club. If Dana Bryanson can't go,
1: my guess is it's going to be four and four. You just have the who you have for Blackpool Combat Club, and then Eddie Kingston would probably have to be there for Kenny Omega to kind of make. It. It's either Kenny or Eddie with the Bucks and Page versus BCC. I just don't think there's a fifth guy that can, well, I shouldn't say that. Obviously, you can throw anybody in there. I mean, Tony Khan can just, like you said, he can, he's he got this fucking <laughs> bingo hall of balls in there. He can add anybody who wants to the BCC. I just think for this scenario, four on four makes the most sense. If you do, if you want to give Kenny a break after Forbidden Door, you add Eddie Kingston in, so that way you still have the Eddie John Moxley. It's still Duke not until the
0: 19th, which is three weeks away. So, July 19th. So, I mean, they, he's got okay. some time to recover.
1: Here's, okay, but then if you're getting a fifth guy on the elite side, you need a fifth guy on the Blackpool Combat Club side. As far as I'm concerned right now, that fifth guy has a broken arm. Right, Uh yeah,
0: I mean they, they could work at somebody in there, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I just c-
1: think it four and four just makes the most sense, unless the fifth guy is the second person from Don Callis's family, quote unquote, that he keeps talking about that is on the way. That's the only other thing I could possibly think about. Outside of that, four and four makes the most sense. If you want to go five on five, now you got the Ibushi rumor going around. I'm not going to try to get into that because in that out. scenario, it just feels like. It, it makes sense, but Kenny Omega didn't has to be in this match for it to make sense. If he's if Kenny's not in this match, why would I miss Obushi? oh, I do beautiful too. Beautiful
0: bone structure, just absolutely
1: <laughs> amazing. Fucking washboard abs. <laughs> horny, yeah. horny Thursday, Horny Thursday, <laughs> right? Where's Steve Harrison at? He should be walking in here in like thirty seconds.
0: <laughs> got a bunch of horny dudes on the BFR squad, man. <laughs>
1: Cinder Hall's no
0: fucking (laughs) asexual either, man.
1: Let that man live, dog. He's getting his best first few weeks of his 40s, man. Let him do his thing.
0: Um, What you think about Jungle Boy's heel promo?
1: The funny part about that is um, I never tripped off of the jacket that Jungle Boy was wearing until I watched Twitter, until I looked on Twitter this morning, and they showed Luke Perry and Jack Perry, and they had the same jacket. I was like, "Oh shit, that's amazing! I love that." It's it's those little things that
0: Anna Jay is way hotter than Brenda Walsh, bro.
1: <laughs> way hotter than Shannon Doherty. Stevie Wonder can see that, and Helen can hear it. I like Jenny Garth. <laughs> Even right. hotter than Jenny no, Garth. Well, hotter mean, than Jenny now, Garth. Now we're having the conversation. Having, we can we can have a conversation, but still hiring than Jenny Garth. Jenny Garth we'll, was we'll the beginning of here. a lot of
0: things for me as a as a young man. <laughs> I I clipped, I used to
1: clip words out of uh, magazines and send her letters. <laughs> Tales from the strange side. I had a
0: I had a like a a, a guest magazine a guest ad from a magazine that I tore out and put a tack on my wall. Right where I can see it. Hey. Trust me. No.
1: <laughs> Kelly was hot. Hey. <laughs> Kelly was hot. No question about it. Um the promo I thought was good. It Horny Thursday. Yeah, right. It did what I thought it was supposed to do. And the fact that he he came out, he blamed the fans, checked. The FT title was the one thing that I didn't think that would come up, but he made it make sense. He was like, you know, this title doesn't mean anything. It has no No meaning in AEW, but it means something to Taz, and it means something to Hook. I can't believe nobody ever said that before. It's such a bullshit. It's not a belt. Right, and that's where I was just like, boom. The fact that Jungle Boy doesn't like to do promos and came out and cut that, that's a good start. Now we're talking somewhere. If you can maybe figure out a way to keep him not always talking, But talk, you know, every couple weeks to where you can build this fucking story to go up. That was good. It was way better than I anticipated because I was like, "Uh uh-oh, he's coming out. uh, Oh, man. You know
0: how when you go to, like, WWE Live, they sell those replica belts, and dads will buy their kids these replica belts, and the kid will walk around. (laughs) Bill knows exactly where I'm going, (laughs) and the kid will walk around with a belt. So Taz did that for his kid. He just bought bought him a belt. He goes, Here's a belt. (laughs) Except Hook actually defends it for some reason on television. That's why he's the wackiest with boy in the whole wide world. You ain't shit.
1: Holy <laughs> oh
0: <my laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that just happened. Honestly, I think if they play this right, both guys can come out winners. Hook gets the kid gloves off, and that's kind of like, like a, a lot of people kind of want to see Hook unleashed, quote-unquote. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he's going to choke on his sunflower seeds. <laughs> man down. <laughs> J-Bell's taking I the rest of the pot over. I was thinking about that getting
0: back to Hook somehow. <laughs> like I was like, man, I hope it will hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: about to say, you going to call out Hook now, motherfucker? You going to add him to the list? No, he's a child. <laughs> he's going through a lot right now. Puberty and 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 everything, right? (laughs) He's got a lot on his head. Jungle Boy, I think, is the guy that actually I think should take the FTW title off him. So that way you get more heat on him. All the heat you can get on Jungle Boy, the better. This was a good start.
0: But if he faces him for the FTW title and Jungle Boy wins, can't Taz be like, well, it's not a real title? Like, no, Taz, no, Hook no. is still the winner.
1: No, Taz, no Taz will like, be. Like, what does it matter? No, Taz will be all upset. It's not sanctioned by anybody. Taz will be all upset. You could throw that motherfucker in the trash like Medusa did. Throw it in the river like the stone, like Stone Cold and the Rock did. It'd be perfect.
0: Okay, um, so heat
1: heat on Jungle Boy.
0: I like so. Uh, I thought the Jungle Boy's promo was pretty good.
1: Yeah, all things considered,
0: he seemed way more comfortable as a heel.
1: He, t- the, but they, yeah, but the crazy part about it is he doesn't like to even talk on the microphone. He said two he years okay. ago. He, he okay. said two years ago he's scared of the microphone. That's crazy talk.
0: It took him a minute to get into it too. You could tell it took him a couple minutes. Man, to when, to start. when he said that I'm I'm with the hottest bitch in the company, <laughs> and the crowd started chanting, "Yes, you
1: are." I was like,
0: <laughs> Oh my god, that's got to feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, he took off his sunglasses like. I was like, ah, that's my dog. Okay, now we're talking. (laughs) That's a good Uh, heel turn.
0: Ruby Soho beats a jobber. (laughs) Uh, John Morrison is Johnny TV. He came out with QT Marshall. They're fighting somebody on Friday. I don't care. (laughs) And then uh, Darby Allin and Sting versus Jericho and Sammy Guevara. We forgot to mention when we were making fun of this earlier that Sting won with the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it?
1: Scorpion Deathlock?
0: Yeah, Scorpion Deathlock. Okay,
1: but that is a total afterthought of the stupidness of him jumping off that ladder. I'm sorry. When he was climbing up there, I'm like, "Oh, that's too far." It was more
0: realistic when Austin pinned Owen Hart after his nose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's heating up. Okay. I'm like, dude, man, this motherfucker is done for the night. All right. (laughs) Sorry, Darby. You're on your own. I mean, the match was, it was was just more. I'm sorry. I, I can't get past that. Once he went up that ladder, I'm like, dude, no way. No way. People holding the ladder is not enough. You need to have some sort of, not even spring, but just be stable to where you can push yourself off. The fact that one person one person was holding a ladder on the back end when we seen like two or three refs holding it on one end, the other end, bangle bears, you know, everybody get around, let's hold this ladder. The fact that they did that was reckless, reckless as fuck. And Sting is just as bad for that because he signed up for that shit and thought that this was a good ass idea. Yeah, but at a, certain point, at a
0: certain point, you got to protect guys like that from themselves. Okay.
1: All I'm saying but is that's my job, that's what
0: I do for a living is I protect elder people from exploitation.
1: And that's exactly what we're talking about. With <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that spot—you can just rip that motherfucker on the out of the notebook list. Go with something else. I wouldn't
0: be surprised if I opened up my new cases for the week on Monday, and one was a Steve Borden, 64.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have him jump off the fucking top ro- top rope, top turnbuckle off to the. If you want to do something like that. Do something that he's kind of used to versus him off the ladder. That's not my job. Just move it closer. Just
0: move the tables closer, for God's sake. They moved him
1: so far back. They were, like, farther than their announcer's table. When they moved it so far back, I thought that was going to be either Darby or Sammy jumping off that far. When Sting started to go up, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. No, you bet not. You bet not. Oh, nope, he's doing it. (laughs) Oh, he's not going to make it. That's going to do it for Arthur. count? One, two,
0: three. Did you watch NXT this week?
1: Yes. I said I would. I believed you. Okay. Just Got the notes, through. baby.
0: Okay. Uh, what you think about Thea Hale versus Tiffany Stratton? You know not Thea Hale is 19, 19 years old?
1: Crazy. Crazy. Um, She's pretty comfortable out there. She is your next underdog <laughs> babyface to come out of NXT. I'm not saying that she's going to win the title, but... As she goes along, she'll garner fans on the way to the top. Then from that point, we're well not on the way to the top. But when she graduates to the main roster, hopefully they keep that still storyline going and don't fuck that up. Um, this was okay. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was bad. It was somewhere in the gray. Um, the fact that you had Dempsey and Drew Goo, I come out for the distraction, not even the distraction, was a little wonky because – It didn't help Thea. It ended up helping Tiffany because she was tapping out, but then uh, getting up the roll-up for the win. But ultimately, Andre Chase coming back is the story. Crowd pops huge for that. I loved Andre Chase when he was in Evolve, so to see him in NXT in a a fairly prominent role is good to see for him. And obviously, we'll see. What was his
0: name in Evolve?
1: Harlem, Harlem Bravado. (laughs) Harlem Bravado? Harlem Bravado. Harlem like the town? Harlem like the town. No shit. That's a
0: really good name for him. (laughs) And he was
1: just as cocky as as he was when Andre Chase walked in the door at uh, NXT.
0: What do you think about Nathan Frazier versus Dragon League for the Heritage Cup?
1: Honestly, I was waiting for Norm Dar to come in and... Get involved, and obviously that never happened. I like the Heritage Cup. I wish I would have watched it when it was in NXT UK. I like the rules. It's, it's pretty uh, fast-paced. The first round was kind of a feel-out round, and from that point on, it was like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, So fun. I, I love the fact that it, it just kept like – it felt like you couldn't look away. You had that one minute or 30 seconds, whatever it is, in between rounds. I like the round stuff. Nathan Frazier going over is what it is. I'm okay with that. I, I like Dragon Lee, so for me to see him not win this is not the end of the world. Obviously, Axiom is on the on deck circle. I think that that match would be good, Axiom and uh, Nathan Frazier. But this match, I like this match, and I like the uh, the Heritage Cup uh, rules in effect.
0: And finally, what you think about Carmelo Hayes versus Baron Corbin
1: for the title? <laughs> the Lone Wolf returns. Uh, that was that's why I like the. NXT bringing back main roster guys um, and having them stay around for a little bit. Mustafa Ali is the one guy that is sticking in my head that he's going to have a match with Tyra Bate next week. He feels like he's going to stick around for a little bit and even win the North American Championship. That's definitely a possibility. I thought this match was good. Corbin can wrestle. The fact that I don't like his gimmicks is irrelevant. In the ring, he can go. The fact that some people rated this better than the Daniel Bryan's and Okada match on Cage match, that's another story for another time. But I thought this was good. Right guy went over. Come on, guys. People did that? Come on. What are we talking about? Hey, I'm, I had to look for it. And then I saw it. I was like, oh, really? You're kidding me. Um, I kind of want Baron Corman to stay. But as a of quote-unquote free agent, he can bounce around anywhere so you can plug him in into spots. Honestly, like I said, I, I, I would love him for him to stay in NXT and be the one of the top heels to always challenge for the title. I think he would be a great champion. I'm just not convinced he's a main roster champion, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, fun match. Uh, did exactly what I thought I would do. I was not disappointed at all. Huh. I wasn't surprised at the ending. I would have been surprised if Baron would have won, but I would have been pleasantly surprised. I'd be like, oh, this could be fun for a little while. You no, know?
1: The match felt like... At certain points, he could have won, and if he did, it wouldn't have been like it. You know, oh shit! It was
0: not a foregone conclusion.
1: It no, was there was, it it, was there was no
0: doubt. It was very likely that Carmella is going to retain, but it was not a foregone as the goal.
1: match progressed. I was like, oh shit! You know, Baron Corbin might have a chance of being a <laughs> Well, oh, I mean, shit.
0: them putting the belt on Ziggler just for like a month at one time like that that doesn't enough to least, like keep everybody honest. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, and then Braun Breaker has an angle where he charges out of the office. He goes, "You'll find out next week."
1: Who's, why is Shawn Michaels trying to hold him down, man? He, he wants He's done. He wants to go to the main roster.
0: I'm looking forward to see what it is. That's how easy it is to tell TV that people want to see. Give him a cliffhanger. I just want
1: to find out what it is. He, he basically said in the in the office, you know, I, I beat everybody I can beat. He's not going to go for the North American championship. He's a heel. Damn sure ain't going to be in the, you know get a tag team partner. I mean, I what's see, left?
0: I want to see him spear HBK next week. Dude, I bet they were fighting over catering. <laughs> Seriously. I bet they were like, you're
1: going to see next week it's the best barbecue ever. Right? We're, getting, wa- smoke. we're I- getting a waffle station. Um, uh. Did Stacks set up uh, Tony D'Angelo? <laughs> I
0: mean, I don't I don't think so. I, I think it's uh, funny that I... That you asked me a question that sounds that stupid and that I'm answering sincerely. It's like, <laughs> hey,
1: you the NXT no. <laughs> guy. I'm watching this shit like, damn, dog, you got played.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that. I don't think Stax would do that to to Tony, to the Don. I think that Gallows, But he did Gallows, get
1: involved in the tag team match.
0: Yeah, Gallus. Listen. He's getting played somehow. Stax is getting played somehow. Okay. That's going to do it for our. Oh, wait. No, that's it for odds and ends. Yeah. This is banned from Ringside. Big birthday week this week. And not just in numbers. I'm talking about personnel. Okay. We got quite the roster here. So it starts off with Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox is thirty seven. <laughs> Hope you're what? doing well out there.
1: She's thirty seven. That's what it said.
0: That means she must have been like twenty two when she first came around.
1: Holy shit. Careful. But
0: um I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to look it careful, up right now. Careful. Cody Rhodes has a birthday this week. Cody Rhodes is Will be thirty eight. Terry Funk, still alive. Yes, seventy nine years old. Do you remember the fact that I tell every year when it's Terry Funk's birthday? No. In Roadhouse, where <laughs> Sam Elliott is kicking Terry Funk out, that's funny. Terry man. Funk yeah. says Terry Funk says calls him dad, as he's kicking him out. And I just want to point out that those guys are the exact same age. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, Scott Dawson is 39. Bret Hart is 66. A little Nate Charles Robinson. What a career. Ah. Younger than Bret Hart by seven years. He is 59 years old. <clears throat> wow. That means he was a young man, too, when he was Lil mm-hmm. Uh Sky Tuhadi is 50. Speaking of Rikishi, Joey Janela is 34. Barry Windham is 63. And with the exact same birthday on July 4th of the same year, Sid Vicious is also 63. And Adam Cole? Hey bang! Is 34. Still a young guy. Still gonna be AEW champ. Hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for Tender Mahal. For Jason Casey we mentioned, Check. for Lucha Chris, Check. for Murray the Murray Man, Murray Check. for Patriot Pat. Check for Vice Check for three beer Zach Pullman Check. for Jason Cornelius Bell, Jason. You, is there bitch, anybody
1: that I missed. Your wife, your daughter, and yourself. Yeah,
0: but I always thank them, but thank you to my wife. Thank you to my daughter. Check, check. I am Bill Veggie. Everybody, Black Lives Matter, support your local weed dealers. (laughs) Support your local restaurants, and never ever forget the boo the heel. Boo!